Trevor and we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 175. Here's a Boo Crew Halloween fright fact. Pumpkins can grow anywhere on the planet except Antarctica. One of our most favorite things in the world is when you go to Apple Podcasts and not only rate the show, but write a short review. We absolutely love hearing what you have to say. It's a really fun way for us to connect with you even more. And we will read your review at the top of the show like Leo is about to do right now. We got one from Aaron Micah who writes, my new favorite podcast. Great genre related content. Super fun. Their unrelenting optimism is an absolute joy. Like hanging out with your best friends. Interesting, insightful, perfect for this time of the year. Give it a try. You won't be disappointed. And he rated it to five stars. Yeah. Oh, thank yes. you so much, Aaron. You're awesome. Yeah. Nice. I love the optimism. Horror makes us happy. And then, okay, we have another review. It's Malloween. And it says yes. killing it. And it's got all these really cute emojis. I love emojis, so this is so exciting for me. <laughs> I was like, I need to read this one. I Easily pleased. The Boo Crew is really the only podcast that I care about and listen to regularly. Lauren, Trevor, and Leone are the best. I love their chemistry, the banter, the recommendations, the interviews, those intros, all in caps, by the way. And hell, even the tangents are fun. Simply put, they kill it. Woo! Nice. Five stars. Yay! Thank you, Halloween. That is so awesome. That's so nice. Yes. Even so, our banter and our crazy tangents. You've got patience, Halloween. <laughs> All right, right. Well, Halloween and Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time to write us a review. And if you want to do the same, hit up Apple Podcasts, search Boo Crew, and do it up. This time around, you are joined by singer, songwriter, performer, and creator, the illustrious Ash Nico. You've heard her gold-selling single and seen the video for her track, Stupid, where she's covered in blood with her blue hair and a mallet, went viral on TikTok with over 80 million streams, or her new track, Daisy, that's a global smash. At time of release, she talks about her new mixtape, Demi Devil, on the way in February, the making of her new video, Halloweeny 3, and the genesis of releasing a new track every Halloween, what she thinks of the horror genre, why she loves using it in her visuals and music. She is doing some seriously next-level and evolved content we love her so much she's such a sincere and rad person and we gotta admit she definitely made your boo crew get kind of emotional on this one and we think you will too as it definitely resonates episode 175 starts now fuck a princess i'm a king bow down and kiss on my ring it's gonna hurt it'll sting spitting up blood in the sink i'm crazy but you like that i bite back dances on your nightstand never forget the Boo Crew dusts a fright flick off the shelf for ah! Horror Homework. Okay, we're going to go around the room and around the world wide web all the way out to Leo in beautiful downtown Eagle Rock! To each highlight a horror <laughs> flick to each other and possibly even to you that we consider a must-see or perhaps worth a revisit, starting as usual with Mr. Leo. Guys, it's Halloween week. It is. The rail is getting thinner and thinner. You can feel it in the air. It's true. Not just the fire, but the air, man. It's there. Creepiness abound. So I watched something that I've always wanted to watch and, and finally sat through it. Have you guys seen Haxon Witchcraft Through the Ages? I've heard of that. For years and years I've heard of that. Yes, yeah. Isn't like black and it's, white, right? Yeah, it's, it's a little like color tone sepia at times, but uh, yeah, it's mostly black and white. Because it was shot in 1922. I mean, it does not feel like it's not. It feels like somebody made this like, you know, 20 years ago. In fact, this was playing when they did that Blair Witch special, when, right before the Blair Witch hit the theaters. They did that uh, fake documentary, and then it played right after. And I thought it was connected, but it wasn't. And I remember falling asleep and not watching the whole thing. So I was just like, I don't know what this is. Anyways, it's 1922 when it came out. It's a Danish film written and directed by Benjamin Christensen. Now, the scenes of this trace the history of witchcraft from the Middle Ages 
to the early 20th century. It's fictionalized documentary showing the evolution of witchcraft from its pagan roots to its confusion with hysteria in Eastern Europe. So this documentary is told in seven parts. It's a silent film documentary that was sepia tint colorized at some point, and the documentary timeline is mostly told through captioned still pieces of art or really weird footage clips of random actors like portraying witches and maidens or warlocks. This director originally planned to write the script with the help of historical experts, but the plan fell through, and after he discovered that uh, most experts had in, in, in mind that were, that were against them in making the film, so he just went ahead and made this uh, more as a fantasy type of docu- documentary. So most of the film is shot in interior studios, but the director felt that the actors would be best influenced by dark and ominous atmosphere, so most of the film is actually shot at night, which is actually unheard of at the time because technology. At the time, they didn't have strong enough lenses and quality and all that stuff, so shooting at night was almost like impossible. So this is one of those few movies that is actually shot at night. Really weird. And if you're interested, and I highly recommend it, if you just want to see a fun fantasy documentary on witchcraft told this way, you can watch this on HBO Max, and if you dig through, I guess they own, or Turner Classic Movies is a part of that uh, Warner Brothers HBO uh, conglomerate, so you can actually watch it on TCM, Turner Classic Movies, if you have that part of your cable satellite subscription. I highly recommend it. Perfect for the uh, Halloween season, and it's a great, fun way to discover the timeline of witchcraft. That sounds really fun. I love witches. Well, it's cool. Luckily, you love witches. I do. (laughs) Because (laughs) Lauren and I saw 2020's The Witches. Woo! Yeah. Did you see this this yet, Leo? No, not yet. I'm still catching up, but uh, but it's coming up soon. So directed by Robert Zemeckis, who brought us everything from Back to the Future, Tales from the Crypt, Amazing Stories, Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, etc., etc. Written by the Oscar-winning Zemeckis, Oscar-winning Guillermo del Toro, and Emmy-nominated Kenya Barris, who won two Image Awards for his work writing the show Blackish. Scored by Zemeckis, collaborator Alan Silvestri who, of course, did Mm. Back to the Future and all those amazing films we love. Oscar-winning, Golden Globe-winning, Saturn Award-winning, two-time Emmy winner. Stars Anne Hathaway, Octavia Spencer, Stanley Tucci, Jazir Bruno, and narrated by Chris Rock. So it's a remake of the 1990 film directed by Nicholas Rogue, produced by Jim Henson, starring Angelica Houston, Rowan Atkinson, and Jason Fisher, based on the Roald Dahl book that came out in 1983, and a classic gateway horror film at its time and still to this day right let me tell you my eight-year-old son does not like watching movies which i think is so weird he doesn't like watching tv (laughs) he is an odd one but he loved this movie like we watched it in parts because god forbid we actually sit down and watch well he loves the original too though right the original is kind of a mainstay around the household here especially around the season our kids have seen it since infancy like because it's one of my favorite movies were you scared when you saw the original one I think I was a little scared, but I wasn't that scared. It's pretty creepy, though. When yeah. Angelica Houston, they do this thing in this hotel conference room where Angelica Houston, spoiler alert, reveals she's this grand high witch and takes her face off and all the ladies sitting in the conference room take their faces <laughs> off and their witch yeah. noses and they're all creepy and their teeth are all crazy and it's scary. Yeah. It's pretty scary for a kid and they turn kids into mice. I think That's crazy. it's one of the darkest kid movies. It pushes it pretty far. And one of the scariest things I remember seeing in the original that still stays with me is the little girl Erica who gets trapped in the painting. And you watch her age in this painting and it's really haunting and I really want that fucking painting. I have no idea where it is. <laughs> we looked it up and we could not find out they where it is. They probably made a bunch of them, right? With different stages of her. Yeah. I'm like, oh God. Right, the painting's not actually in this movie. I didn't even realize that. Uh, yeah. I, I was like, where's the painting? Where's the painting? Because that was literally one of my favorite parts of the movie. I don't know why. Just it scared me. The idea that you could get stuck in a painting and just like what is it like in the painting for Erica like is she aware of the things that are going on around her and the prosthetic like the practical effects work of Jim Henson on that original which is like next level yeah it's super freaky because people like 
Angelica Houston looks like literally like half puppet, half person. It's the most unsettling yeah. thing you've ever seen. It's so disturbing. <laughs> it's oh, it's so awesome. So they did take liberties with this new one. Instead of being set in Europe, it's actually set in Alabama. But where it does remain consistent is, is it the same thing? Is it an orphaned young boy who lives with his grandma? Mm-hmm. And they end up going yep. to a hotel yes. that is overrun by witches who are having like a getaway conference. Yes. Basically. Wow. To save children, which is the antithesis right, the of ruse. what they think about children. I really like this one. I thought it was really well done. I will always hold the original in my heart, probably because I grew up watching it and those practical effects in the Muppet tree. And it's just it's magical. The Muppetry. I love that. That's that's my not word. the puppetry. No the Muppetry. <laughs> always Muppetry. Never puppetry. Remember that huge Muppet dude? The monster guy? Remember he was just like this towering huge he looked like half lion. Half, do you remember them, Leo? What was his name? He was oh, in the Muppet yeah. show. Oh right. Yeah, you yeah, are yeah, talking yeah. like this. I can't remember. He scared the shit out of me, that guy. It's like really I'm gonna look late. that up. You talk talk amongst yourselves. Anyways, I think that our dog looks like a Muppet. Yeah, she does. She does. does. She does. She looks like an adorable little Muppet. Oh, is it Chuck the Lion? Chuck the Lion? No, was it? no, no, no. What? Is his name really? His name is Sweetums? <laughs> I didn't realize Sweetums? that. You know which guy I'm talking about? He's got the yeah. fangs. He looks like a lion. He's like gold and brown. Yeah, there's nothing sweet about him. Big red lips. And he wears like rags. Okay. Yeah. Sweetums. Sweetums. His name That's is funny. Sweetums after all this time. No way. Yeah. Yes I'm, way. I'm amazed. I do remember the original witches. I used to wait for someone to have those like the tinge of purple in their eyes. I used to always look at old ladies and their eyes just to make sure they weren't witches. <laughs> oh, man. Um, That's funny. So it traumatized you. Yeah, it did. There was a little trauma. So what did you think of how they did this one? For our kids, that's scary. Oh, it scared the shit. Anne Hathaway is a grand high witch. So I think what she did, she was terrifying. She spat venom playing the grand high witch. She was intense. She was throwing things across the room. I love the way she was using her voice. Yeah. Like she was really stretching it and just like, like she was going nuts with the role. She was having a lot of fun with it, but it scared our daughter so much that she couldn't even barely watch it. Yeah. She, she could barely take it. Yeah. She couldn't. And then her Wait a second. They have her mouth opening super wide too with this crazy digital effect. I'm assuming is digital where she's talking and her mouth opens and stretches at the sides like the Jennifer's body when Jennifer check becomes the demon in the pool yeah. scene. And she's talking and her teeth are showing and it's just, it's the freakiest thing. I loved it. So like in the mom <laughs> group, there's a post that I just read and it was like, warning, you may think it it's fun to show your kids the new witches, but it is super scary. And I guess on Common Sense Media, it's nine plus. Wow. Rating for it. <laughs> Oops. You know. I like the way they have her hands, right? She's got like three yeah. fingers and one toe. Yeah, it's on each foot. Really creepy. I think what scares our kids and is something that scared me when I was younger is like this goes back to Freddy Krueger. This witch, she can do things like when you think something's gonna end. Oh no, it keeps going. Like she will go until she gets what she wants. I, I don't want to give too much away, but right, right. She definitely has like a little bit of freddy krueger in her i feel like sure and we oh. interrupted leo like 30 minutes ago what were you saying leo you're like wait a sec and then we just <laughs> because, fucking kept talking no i was just i was just pondering because he said it disturbed my daughter and i'm thinking wait a minute she watched annabelle comes home oh uh, not that daughter not not scarlet oh, not the 11 year old no. Gotcha. no the six-year-old yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, so she's she's completely done with Halloween. She's over it. Yeah, now. She, we're, yeah. We're, the six year old one, no man, <laughs> she had her eyes covered and like I can't watch it during the during the night. Yeah, like, she wanted oh, no. to watch the rest during the day. But you know what? She's gonna remember that though. Now that's yeah, gonna be her. That's yeah. gonna be yeah. her. Yeah, but it's a gateway. I'm proud of her because like 
I figured, oh God, she's gonna be in our room all night. No, like, she conquered that, man. Yeah, she, she was like, fine. But now Everett is upset, like obsessed. Today he was like, can we watch the witches again? And I'm like, mm, maybe. This one plays real quick though, too. Like it hits from the ground running. You have Chris Rock's amazing voiceover narrating the whole thing from right at the beginning. Right. He's so fantastic. Octavia Spencer's so fantastic. You see her right at the beginning too, and it just sucks you right in. Before we knew it, we we're like halfway through the movie. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It's definitely. I think if you are a fan. Of the original. And I think sometimes it's hard. We just love the original so much that right, we don't want right. to give remakes a chance. But come on, like right. Zemeckis, Del Toro. What a matchup. But I yeah, think right. there's room for you to love both. Oh, like, definitely. I, I yeah, definitely, definitely. They're two completely different movies, practically. Yeah. It's almost like Evil Dead. Yeah. It's like the original Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 or Evil Dead 2 and the brand new Evil Dead. Exactly. You know? put. Interesting. Yeah. So and how can you where can you find this? Where, where did you guys watch it? HBO Max right now. I think that's oh, the cool. only place you can find it, right? Yeah, I believe so. For now, anyway. so it was definitely an HBO. It was made for HBO, then, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was supposed to be in the theaters. And when I was listening to the podcast that Trevor was on, Janky Town, our friends yes. at Janky oh, yeah, Town, that's right. One of them, I think maybe it was Omar that said that possibly, or maybe it was Dave. I don't remember. Uh, it was Beer Mug. Beer Mug. Okay. Sorry, Beer Mug. like, what? I had like 50 kids like around me and I was, and he, and there's cussing and they're talking about dinosaur sex and I'm like, uh. Oh, yeah, I forgot I listen, talked about that. Half listening, but listening. <laughs> So sorry about that. Uh, said that there probably will be another one. I'm not sure the source of their information, but right. they were very positive that there would be. Now that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Right. Is there a sequel to the original book? I don't think so. Not to my knowledge, but I could be wrong. I've, I've been wrong. <laughs> like once. Don't ask in my me. Life. I'm always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also wanted to say just in closing. I love the way they ended this one. Not to say exactly oh, cool. what happens, but I love the way they end it. It's a different spin. And I think it teaches a great lesson that really grounds the entire thing. And you'll walk away feeling better about yourself, feeling like you can adjust to a new normal, that everything's going to be okay, and that you will persevere and overcome, which is a great lesson to learn and a great thing to have in our minds as a mantra during this bullshit that we are going through right now in the world. That's very well put. I would have liked it to end differently, but that's me. You can go with your version. I will go with mine. Fair enough. <laughs> Next on Cuddles. <laughs> okay, you guys, I forgot. There's a fact. Are you guys ready? Ready. Okay. So yeah. During filming, there was an incident on set and a freaking stabbing occurred between a stagehand and a rigger. What? Where one of the what? men sustained a neck injury like an on purpose stabbing i think so what the really yeah you sure it's on purpose I, I don't know for sure but like like give me that thing and he didn't bring it like, you asshole yeah exactly <laughs> really it was probably that potion or was it like hey larry toss me that sharp knife yeah and then it's like, yeah, yeah i don't know it, it, it could have been it's probably not intentional but an accident, but there was there was some blood had on set. And then uh, Jennifer Lopez was uh, briefly set to play the Grand High Witch before Anne Hathaway. Oh, wow, damn. that's wow. interesting. That would have been an interesting take. And they both, Anne Hathaway and Angelica Houston, both start with A and H. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. Now that's magic. Little news on that stabbing, by the way. So the fight was, as Lauren said, between a rigger and a stagehand, and there were 100 people on set when it went down. Now, it wasn't clear whether any of the cast members like Anne Hathaway or Octavia or Stanley Tucci, anyone were there to see it, but it was a fight. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, see? Jeez Louise. That's crazy. You start messing with witches, man. This is Ash Nico, and you're getting spooky with me and the Boo Crew.
On the fifth day of Halloween, I bathed in menstrual blood. Then I took a nap, cause being evil started some. On the sixth day of Halloween, I hunted down the witches. So we could be bestie friends, those are my bestest bitches. Go ahead, scream, that's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Alright, here we go. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio is an exhilarating creator whose shocking play with polarities, both musically and visually, is like a shot of serotonin right to our system. She's a middle finger neurotransmitter. Everything she does makes us question our own senses. That cataclysmic collision of the way she takes over what we are seeing and hearing fucks with our reality. It evokes a physical reaction when you inject that experience with stunning melodies, melodies that ignite power and light. The poetry of the lyrics piercing through like mantras as we are indoctrinated into her world of blood and cake, glitter and gore. She released her first EP, Sass Pancakes, in 2017, followed by Unlikable in 2018. By the time her third EP, Hi, It's Me, dropped in July of 2019, her song Stupid wrapped its tentacles around us, was celebrated and shared in over 400,000 videos on TikTok and soared to 80 million streams plus just on Spotify alone. It went to the Billboard bubbling under Hot 100 charts, Spotify's Viral 50, and more. Stupid went gold. The track Daisy was a follow-up single that found its home in the top 40 charts in the UK on the global charts and became a featured track on almost every alternative radio station across the United States. She is startlingly unique, unapologetic, and impelling. She is Ash Nico. Oh my god! Whoa! That was so many adjectives! Holy shit! We may not bring much, but we'll bring adjectives to the table. That was so good! Can you write my official press release? Holy shit! Would love to. My gosh! That was so good. And you used the word tentacles, which is important for me. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk a bit about that. I mean, this collision of your music and visuals is incredibly visceral and unsettling in a very awesome way and it gets her synapses going and thank you i was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that crash of the two where you exist and developing that creative attack and what you hope it awakens in the listener so my visual world took a long time to come together i feel like i went through a very long period of puberty, like very awkward puberty, musical puberty for a long time from real puberty to like, probably like two years ago. I don't need, I would say maybe I'm only now just happy with the visual aspect, but there was a lot of hiccups and just horrible creative on my part, just a lot of stuff that I'm embarrassed by, but you know, It's all good. Now it looks cool. Now I have snot out of my face. My main goal is to just make like boardrooms of old dudes like uncomfortable, which was what happened at first. But like uncomfortable in a way where they're like, she isn't very commercially viable. She's not going to make us any fucking money. She's too weird. And now they're just like. Wow, really cool, really cool. Yeah, we love snot. Yeah. <laughs> love. I love it. I love when you talk about dildos. Like, really cool, really good, which is equally as hilarious for me. I just enjoy their discomfort, I think. I'm just trying to, trying to be myself. You also play a lot with viscera right you play with gore masks food blood yeah you use viscera and these polarizing energies to stage that vicious attack on on our senses what do you like about using all that like yeah look at you now <laughs> filling a video what do you like about those tools i just think blood is pretty i don't know i think i've always been a very like shocking child Like, very much like, mom, watch me do a fucking spin. Like, watch me make everyone in the room be like, fucking watch me do a fucking cartwheel. And my mom's like, look at my daughter do a cartwheel. And all the other moms and kids are like, great, she did a fucking cartwheel. Good for your kid. And my mom's like, you're the best. And I'm just such an attention whore. 
that I feel like <laughs> gore and everything just, I don't know. I just really enjoy shock value. I, I love, I love how blood looks. I love my human body. I think I love my disgusting human body. Like shitting and farting is hilarious to me. And so is blood. When I started my period, I was like, this is so metal. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of those decisions are also really cinematic. Are there any films that inspire you at all? Well, this is the thing. Okay. I always get roasted because I, I can't watch horror movies. That's so funny. Um, I can't do it. My therapist is like, bitch, I swear to God, if you watch a horror movie, I'm going to like, you'll be just backpedaling all the stuff we're doing. I have like crippling anxiety and paranoia. I was checking under my bed until six months ago. Really crazy stuff like that. Like having to have a lock, like a double lock on my bedroom door, like, like crazy things. So when I watch horror movies, it just makes it worse for me. So somebody worded it really good the other day that I like to inflict the horror. I can't take it. I like to be the dominatrix. I like to be the dominant one in the situation. That's what I do with my own, with my own music videos and my own aesthetic. I inflict the horror, but I, I cannot take it. Truly. I just want to know, do you believe in the paranormal? Like, ghosts scare me. Or have you had any paranormal experiences? I definitely believe in the paranormal. I literally had the weirdest. I see, I have night terrors all the time. But, like, full night terrors where I'll see, like, a man standing on the bed just being like, hmm, hey, just standing over me. Um, the other day, I was with one of my friends. We went on, like, a little countryside getaway to um, like the beautiful countryside England. Um, and we stayed in a farmhouse. <laughs> oh my God. It was so fucking scary. And I was, we were, we had like two twin beds in the same room and we were staying in the same bed in this old farmhouse. And I had a night terror, which I'm convinced was a ghost. So I look up and above my bed, there's a man just standing on my bed, just looking at me really calmly looking at me in the face, just kind of like looking at me, standing on the bed, he's looking in my eyes and I jumped out of bed. So I like was thrown across the room by my own adrenaline and I hit my friend's bed and she wakes up and she's like, what is wrong with you? I scream bloody murder. We were staying at a friend's parents' house. So I just screamed in their house. They're like, who is this blue haired heathen <laughs> coming into our home and screaming? I jumped it. I screamed. I, I jumped. I propelled myself across the room and I just like had to like chill and hyperventilate for a little bit. And then the next morning I was talking to my friend's parents and she was like, oh, yeah, we didn't want to didn't want to freak you out. That room's haunted. <gasps> and I was like, y'all are joking. Whoa! Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> no way! But I have it all the time. I always—it's always like in that weird dream space where, like, half asleep, half awake, and I'll just see. Just it's usually men or like little creatures in the room, just being like, "Hmm, there she is, our sweet blue princess." <laughs> wow! So this is all this is all really empowering for you, then, man, to flip the script on this stuff. I, I guess so, but it's also another reason why I can't watch horror because it just scares me. <laughs> like, I can't live alone. Everyone's like, like my managers are like, so like you're, you're a big girl now. Um, your career's doing really well. Maybe you want to live by yourself or, you know, get your own place. I'm like, mm -mm, no, don't want that. <laughs> Oh, that is all. The Boo Crew will be right back. From the incredible imagination of Jim Henson and director <laughs> Nicholas Rogue comes a fascinating new fantasy adventure. The Witches. For when a little boy accidentally stumbles into their secret world, he finds they've got a lot more power than he ever imagined. <laughs> 
me, Luke. Luke. They turned me into a mouse. Oh, my. It was the Grand High Witch. Join Luke on his remarkable journey. Bye. Now, the witches are on his tail. And he must scurry around their evil plots. Squeak past every danger. Finally setting the trap that will save the world from the witches. What about literature and stuff like that, though? I mean, I know you're you're a big fan of Neil Gaiman, and you've been writing like since you were ten. Does that stuff crawl into your head? Neil Gaiman is my icon, my idol, my like. Ev- Neil Gaiman is everything to me. I love that man so much. The other day, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, I was like, I should get a Neil Gaiman tattoo, and he responded. And he was like, you should get the key to hell. So I have an appointment booked for next week. And I'm going to get the key to hell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Right. nice. That is so awesome. Wow. What about his work speaks to you? He, I don't know. That man's just like a wizard, isn't he? He's so good. I've, I've read pretty much everything by him. Like his short stories, like some of his children's books. He's just like, oh, he's so good. My favorites are... Um, I've read Sandman and Neverwhere, Anansi Boys, American Gods. Just everything is just, it's just, I, I love fantasy so much. Fantasy is like the, a huge inspiration for me in my own creative and in my own music videos. I also love uh, The King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss. Oh my God. I love, I like Patrick Rothfuss, if you don't, put out the third book, I'm going to (laughs) fucking... I'm going to freak out. It's been years, man. Give it to me! Um, I always get all my book recommendations from my little brother. So he's been like... He reads like a novel every two days. So he just has the best fantasy recommendations for me. Um, And he told me about King Killer Chronicles and it's just... Beautiful. But Neil Gaiman, back to my man, Neil. I love you. I love you if you're listening to this. You're my favorite. <laughs> Would you ever write a fantasy novel of your own? Oh, I write I write all the time. I have a lot of short stories. The other day I wrote I wrote one about a love story between a octopus and its missing tentacle. It was kind of sexual. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I love. Yeah, I've written a lot of like I can only read fantasy. Basically, I just my mind is too riddled with mental illness to read anything nonfiction. So I have to read fantasy. But I yeah, I've written some weird stuff. My stuff always like borders on erotica. But I I might put out a little short storybook one of these days. I wanted to talk about this amazing Ashniko cinematic universe that you've created and primarily that creative partnership you have with your good friend Henry Dean and this world that you're continuing to build in tandem with the music. And if you could talk a little bit about that and the videos you've done with him, like the Ash Wednesday series and all this great stuff. My pal, he was the one who just closed the door. Yeah, me and Henry do... so. You like my Ash Wednesday series. Do you like it? Yeah, it's so awesome. Yes, thank you. I'm like, I yeah, I'm so gassed about that. I um I'm just trying to like I'm trying to build it build it into a whole series that I can do like monthly. I feel like that's the dream. I wanna have I wanna build out that and create a whole like we're trying to we're working on um we're working on a lot of new episodes and sketches and stuff. And it is, it's truly the stupidest thing in the world, but it's probably the most fun. My thing is I hate filming music videos, which is lucky really? for me. Yeah. Well, I you're so it. darn good at it. What do you hate right. about it? I always leave it like bruised. I've like ripped up my leg um, the other day. Just, I just like thrash around and nearly like concuss myself. 
and it's it's also just like my hair is so heavy and long wow. it's just, oh my gosh I just, I just put myself through a lot of pain which is cool yesterday i like doused myself in blood and like was writhing around on the ground and i slammed my head really hard and like gave myself a big bruise back there i keep hurting myself in music videos and they're hard and long as shit and it's just like a whole bunch of things but with ash wednesday i that's my little passion project because i enjoy i like it to kind of co-direct and like be a bit more I, I don't know i think i on the day i get to kind of create a little bit more and um yeah i don't know be stupider i think get my pubes waxed on camera <laughs> it should be a series on like adult swim or something i think yeah. i know i know perfect I, for that. I really i really want to get a network involved mainly for the money it would be, cool <laughs> um, it would be really cool to like take all of those sketches and bring them up, bring them up a level. Was Clitoris the musical made specifically for the sketch show? Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny. I'm going to flesh that out as well. I'm trying to write a full musical around that. Like every other day, I guess I have a crisis about being a musical artist and just like how vapid and shallow the whole industry is and how it makes me feel like human garbage. And I'm just like, I call up my managers and I'm like, so just thinking about like some other options for me career wise, like maybe I could just write musicals or something. (laughs) (laughs) I could write musicals or, you know, maybe I could like write some K-pop or something. And they're like, okay, cool. You can do those things if you want. And then, yeah, I just flip flop. But the other day was a, I'm going to write musicals only type of day. And I, I got to work on Clitoris the musical and it's looking, it's, it's hilarious. I want to find some really good female comedians to work with to help me like write the script and everything. But um, yeah, it's going to be pretty stupid. And I like that. Obviously you created this tradition of doing these Halloweeny songs and then the accompanying Halloweeny videos that, that Henry does with you. What started that whole thing? Well, I don't know. Me and my, so me and one of my friends, Oscar, yeah, we're best pals and we were in the studio and we just, I don't, I don't know how we just wrote this really dumb Halloween song about eating butt and we just thought it was hilarious and it became Halloweeny. And then everyone was like, please more Halloween songs. So we did Halloweeny two pumpkin spice, which is about fucking a pumpkin and pumpkin spice pussy which is funny to me i had a pumpkin spice latte the other day i was like you know what i'm just gonna you know tis the season it tastes so bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah pumpkin spice anything is really not that great pumpkin pie i was like i don't know if i want my puss to taste like this but um yeah but yeah we did so i did the first two videos with henry and then the third video with my creative director vaso and Vaso did all the artwork for Demi Devil and like all the artwork that's been coming out recently, like all the 3D art he's done, my first shots and everything. Yeah, he's a real doofus as well, which is cool. I he's a real a real weeb like me. <laughs> but uh yeah, they're all all the videos involve like blood and me like hurting myself usually. <laughs> <laughs> it's all been worth it i'll tell yeah. you yeah i was wondering since you enjoy being transformed and covered in blood and stuff ever thought about making that jump and going into acting oh yeah okay so back to neil gaiman <laughs> please any tv adaptation any movie adaptation i will do it i'll do it of course i'll play death of course i'll play death in the Sandman TV show. Obviously I will. No, I I would love to do TV. Sometimes, I don't know. I, I think I need to take a few acting classes, but I, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the dream. But only being characters that I feel would fit my thing. You can act. Yeah. What are you talking about? You're awesome. Thank you. Appreciate that. I, one time I got cast, I was a TV presenter for a travel show. This was like ages ago when I had brown hair. 
was a whole different person back then. But um, I read the brief for their casting and it was like, awkward girl. (laughs) 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 Like strange, awkward girl. And then they cast me and I was was, like, just gassed to be there. But um, yeah, I guess I definitely fit the bill. (laughs) Anytime I like didn't know what to do with my hands or something, they're like, this is great. This is great. What does the song writing process look like for you, basically? Starting with the power of production, because that is a world that is very much baked into those beats and everything that you're you're singing on top of and the stuff that you're working with. It's incredibly evolved and very singular to you. How important is has production become to you? And in what ways is it a challenge? So I'm I'm like a backseat producer where I'm like super extremely bossy which is why I can only work with a few people (laughs) because not everyone is wanting to be bossed around by me, which is a surprise to me. But um, yeah, I think my songwriting process, I work with like the same four people. I have a hard time working with new people. As I said, I'm a bossy person, but yeah, I start with, I'm mainly lyric driven And I have a massive word doc that I just like put words that I like in. And when I'm like reading stories and fantasy, I just, I I write down words that I like, themes that I like. I'm doing a lot of research in the goddesses right now and Wicca and kind of taking inspiration from that. And when I go into sessions, I look at my word doc and see what's inspiring me. And then I'll kind of take from there. I think with Halloween 2 Pumpkin Spice, that was something I was like out and I thought, I think I saw like a pumpkin spice latte advertisement and I was like, imagine a pumpkin spice pussy. And I wrote it in my word doc and then I pulled it open in my session with Oscar Scheller and I was like, Okay, pumpkin spice puss, all right? Um, <laughs> we're going to have someone fucking a pumpkin. And he was like, cool, love that. But I'm, I'm so, so anal about lyrics. Like, sometimes working with, well, like, basically what happens, like, so I signed my publishing deal, and then all of a sudden they were like, you need to work with this songwriter and this songwriter, and, like, making me do the whole, the circuit of, um just the songwriting circuit, the session circuit. It's like speed dating. Yeah. And then I would go in and work with songwriters and they would contribute like one word, like just a real simple word. And I'd be like, yeah, that's really good. But I like my word better. Basically everything. (laughs) So I am super, super anal about lyrics, real perfectionist, which isn't always a good thing. I'm not very collaborative. Unfortunately. Well, what you were saying about being a backseat producer, is there something you look for in the music that becomes the unifier just to make sure that it's, that it's all in that one singular voice that you have a constant, maybe that something in that, that informs something for you. I think if I hear something and it makes me horny, that's the one. It's just something. It's a, it's the same energy. It's the same energy as an orgasm. It's just like a kind of in your stomach and like, in your chest and you're like that's good that's a good sound i uh yeah i don't know i don't know how to explain it it feels like the heavens part and the goddess puts her hand down and she goes yep i like that sound and then she pulls her hand back up and i don't know i i i know what i like and i don't actually like use any software to produce for myself i just i just put on my executive hat and i'm like yep that one that one and that one what about hooks you got an insane gift for hooks and going back to the beginning you've proven yourself to be one of the most unique melody writers around where do you get that oh god thank you that means a lot i don't even know i don't even know i just i like to write I think because I'm not very, I'm not from a musical background and I'm not like classically trained or like, I don't have a lot of um, music theory knowledge. I like to play around with melodies 
in a really strange way. Sometimes like, my, so I work with um, this producer, Slinger, and we made Daisy together and a lot of other songs, Tantrum, and a lot of stuff that's about to come out. Sometimes he'll look at me and he'll be like, you are tone deaf and you don't know what you're doing <laughs> and you're not trained at all and you know nothing about music. And, but then sometimes it works. I just throw loads of shit at the wall and then I see what sticks. And sometimes it's good. And I feel like maybe some not having a lot of knowledge in music theory helps me a little bit. Right. Yeah. You're not approaching it from a scholastic place. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting though, man. You play with stuff that, I mean, God, it's kind of like listening to like more freeform melody writers, like a guy like Young Thug, and then combining it with this violent version of like where Haley Williams is going with some of the Paramore stuff. That's kind of in between there somewhere. It's really unique. Oh my God. Young Thug is like one of my favorite songwriters. His melodies are just insane. Like, like truly insane. Like you have no idea where he's going. Yeah, they're like from space. It's so unexpected. Yeah. Thank you. That's crazy. Thank you so much. My two favorite people. I wanted to talk a bit about the vocals on Cry mm. and that session in particular. I mean, you are pushing it. It sounds awesome. I lo- like yeah. it's got even a texture to the chorus. Can you talk a little Which bit I about can't tracking? Do live because that one day was like a special day. We'll talk about collaborating with Grimes on that track. What was that like? Yeah, she's great. I uh, yeah, I love Grimes. I've been listening to her music since I was a little Tumblr loser, just hanging out on Tumblr, just looking up, looking at pictures of Harry Styles and Edward Cullen. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a bad time. We don't talk about that, but yeah, she's just amazing. Like she's so true to herself artistically. It's, I love her. And she, so she followed me on Instagram one day and I just had to message her. I was like, had a little had a little fan moment and um i was like you want to put a verse down on this song and i sent her what i had for cry and she yeah she sent it back quite quick it was all it was all over the interwebs it was very much in the middle of coronavirus so to this day we still haven't met irl but that's crazy yeah hopefully hopefully when all this shit is over but yeah, it's been really cool. And the video is just amazing. She's she's this fairy clone in the in the woods. I had this uh, I had this concept of her being like a giant fairy coming out of the water. But yeah, it's just the whole the, the video is mad. The video is mad. Because we were in coronavirus times, in the thick of it, we couldn't do anything live action. So it had to be animated, but it's perfect it's exactly what i imagined there's this amazing video of you performing a metal version of cry where was that filmed oh my god it was filmed so henry henry did that okay so me and employed to serve a female fronted metal band from england we collaborated on this metal version of cry in a 300 year old crypt with a bunch of dead bodies um it was really cool (laughs) it was so it was really really fun to do i was had like just learned how to scream properly well i'm still learning and i don't really know how to scream like really well but yeah they gave me a little lesson and um i just tried my best just tried want to see what happens all right so this killer song daisy Tell us a little bit about writing it, the story behind it. It sounds like a movie pitch for a character-driven, hyper-violent superhero movie or something. Yes! So when people are like, who are your biggest inspirations? I'm like, Neil Gaiman. And they're like, you write songs about your pussy. Or what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, no, it is Neil Gaiman for sure. I just basically, when I write songs, I like to have a character in mind that I'm writing from, like a point of view that I'm writing from. So basically I had this Daisy character in mind 
I like to think that she lives in the DC universe, the, the DC comic book universe, somewhere in Gotham. She, uh, yeah, she wears like latex and glass platforms with like little jellyfish swimming in the bottom of the platforms. And she wears like blue diamonds that she wasn't in the video because she was for me. She was just, she was just for my, she was a songwriting tool. I needed to take on her persona to write the song, but yeah, she's fucking badass. She, um, she has a calling card like the Joker. She has daisies as a calling card. So the daisies on your nightstand is, um, if you, I think I, I couldn't, I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide if it was like, she left them before she was going to kill you or she left them after, or she did both. But I think if you see daisies on your nightstand, you know that you're fucked. You see. And then, and then she leaves daisies everywhere after, but she targets horrible men. She is her. She's trying to smash the patriarchy and kill rapists, which is what I wish I could do. And I got to say, the melodic choices you make on that song are just chill inducing. Thank you. Did it take a while to come up with that hook? The main hook of Daisy, something you labored on. Me and Slinger, we wrote that together. I'm trying to think, I think he played. So we, whenever we get in the studio, we always spend like a few days together, just straight working on stuff. And he had played me the beat before the day before. And then we tried some shit that didn't sound very good. And then we came in the next day and I think it just kind of exploded. It was explosive diarrhea of a song. It just happened. I don't know if that one felt like a magical one. Sometimes you write songs and you're like, it just, it just comes together. Very, it feels, it feels very, um, otherworldly again, like the clouds part and the goddess smiles down and she says today you will write this song. That's kind of how it felt a little bit. That's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Yeah, with the new release, Demi Devil, uh, coming out next month. What is your favorite track off the record to record uh, and work on, compose? So sadly, I've had to push the mixtape to my birthday, February 19th. Mainly because I don't want to put out a mixtape right now. (laughs) I'm just realizing that I don't really feel like mentally able to do the promo and work that comes along with putting out a huge body of work. And this is my biggest project. And I am, yeah, I kind of just want to focus on other things like being with my family and voting the orange fascist out of office and taking care of my mental health. So I'm pushing it to next year. I I just, I just can't, I just knew if I put it out this year, I wouldn't be able to get it a hundred percent. So I, um, I have to push it out to next year and, um, and it'll be much better. I'll be in a better frame of mind. I'll be, it'll be cool. I can do more, I can do more shit. I can have more resources to do like live streams and all sorts of weird things. And yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a good choice, but I, Absolutely love this body work. I'm most proud of this mixtape than any other project I've put out. I've been sitting on some of these songs for ages, just like waiting for the right time. But my favorite song that I worked on was with Slinger, one of the one of the producers who tolerates my bossy ass. And um we did so we did later boy which is a reinterpolation that's the right word of um avril lavigne's skater boy legend icon i love her so much and we we rewrote the lyrics to be a bit more feminist and um i got to say the word come in it which was cool and yeah she her and her team like rarely clear the use of that song. I don't think they have cleared it since the song came out. So to get that cleared was just a blessing. And uh, I'm really proud of it. That's that's probably my favorite one. Or Clitoris the Musical because it's funny. Well, you empower us. You make us question things and you make us feel good about ourselves. 
And a testament to that would be the video of even just the, the Hi It's Me EP release party where you're performing on the floor, you're surrounded by people and everybody is singing along. And at one point you almost can't even tell who the performer is. It just looks like this one, <laughs> one big yeah. undulating tribe of people yeah, all together. Of color, like purples and blues and pinks. And it's just, yeah. How does that, how does that feel? Um, yeah, no, that, I, I think thinking about that moment kind of makes me want to cry <laughs> because it was so long ago and I just want to play a show. The other day I went to a gig. I went to this, so my friend Esteban is this amazing R&B singer. And, um, I went to this like, ta- this, like dimly lit, socially distanced table gig and i just sat in the back and i just sobbed the whole time i was just i was so i was just so sad that we can't like have live music anymore like putting out music and not performing it feels like i'm just edging just constantly edging it's horrible it's like when am i gonna perform it that's what makes it all worth it like that's what makes like getting a concussion on a music video set worth it to me is when I get to perform it. Other than that, it's just like, what the fuck am I doing? This sucks. So yeah, thinking about that moment brings tears to my eyes and I can't wait for that again. I know there was talk of doing virtual performance and all that stuff. Is that going to be all on hold and just kind of wait and see how things transpire over the next few months? And Yeah, I feel like artists are still trying to find the the right live stream setup i think like for i i think it's it's all like quite new territory to do a full set in live stream that's like as good as an actual live performance so i'm kind of letting everyone else test it out (laughs) and then i'm gonna go with the best one sure (laughs) i'm gonna let everyone else fuck up and then i'm gonna I'm going to do, I'm going to choose the best one and use that one for my show, but I want to build it out to be absolutely insane. I want to have some choreography and, um, some like giant inflatable dildos or something, tentacles everywhere. You gotta have it. That's the dream. That's the real dream. To wrap things up here, you've also used your platform to address a lot of social justice issues, whether it's supporting victims of police violence or donating to transition funds most recently. I would love just to hear about your perspective on using your voice as an amplifier for things like that. I think I was talking to someone about this the other day, and I think if you don't acknowledge your power as a musician, I think you're being naive and very self-serving. Yeah, it's just stupid to it's it's stupid to not know how, the effect you have on young people, I think. And to just only use it to like be flashy about your new like Louis Vuitton bag. I I think like sure like buy the Louis Vuitton, like spend your money baby, but still like I don't know. I think I think it's 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 stupid to not realize the the effect and power that you have and use it for good things because the world is a bad place and you gotta I don't know, I get overwhelmed by how fucking shit it is. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanna throw my phone into the ocean and swim away like a giant squid. We all feel that way. We all yeah. feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, I know your music has really been a light through all that, and especially for Daisy to come out right now and kind of invigorate everybody. It means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> I'm crying. Aww. I'm crying from my sores. <laughs> They're oozing. <laughs> I'm oozing. So the next thing yeah. that we're going to be able to see from you is probably going to be Halloween 3. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes, indeed. Before we go, any teasers that you could talk about Halloween three where we've fucked pumpkins, we've eaten the pumpkin spice pussy. Yes. What are we doing next? <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's think. Let's think. I don't have any eyes. Uh, the eyes gone. Don't got any eyes. What else? I bathe in menstrual blood, which is 
my dream. I'm always covered in blood. Like it's a weird, it's a, it's a very PC. It's a very toned down shoot when I'm not covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> right. that's, I mean, blood and no eyes yeah. is a pretty good, pretty good start. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. good. Yeah. That works for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no, yesterday when I was shooting the video, I had no eyes. So one of my best friends kept like handing me like sticky objects to be like, hold this for me. And it would be like a, like a wet banana peel. Um, and he kept leading me into walls as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Some friends. Yeah, exactly. And one last thing. I mean, any horror fans listening, if you have not seen the video her video for stupid, I mean, I don't know how you've avoided it, but you've got to yeah. check it out for horror fans. Yeah. That is the ultimate. You're covered in blood. You're, assassinating boys going door to door with a mallet and a oh my god it's it's yeah. it's the best it's the best yeah i really i really alienated myself from a lot of like future brand partnerships <laughs> after that video <laughs> well it's a spectacular video you did a great yeah. job on it i don't yeah. promote violence against men Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ash Nico, you've been so generous with your time. I know we were said yes. like 20 minutes, but this has been addictive. You know, it's been hard to cut. So yeah. uh, we it's really right. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Take See care. Ya. Bye. That was the Boo Crew Podcast episode 175. Special thanks to our guest, Ash Nico. Follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Ash Nico. Get her latest EP, Hi, It's Me, and her new singles, Daisy and Halloween E3. And pre-order her new mixtape, Demi Devil, a time of release due out February 19th. Music for this episode from Ash Nico. Production tracks provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting podcast network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy or disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.